Hey, it's Corporate Lunch Episode 9. I'm GQ Style Editor-in-Chief Will Welch, and I'm here with Noah Johnson. Hello, what up? GQ Style Senior Editor. Welcome back. I believe we are going to talk about... um, magazine making in, in modern times modern magazine making in digital times is that accurate that's what sounds about right something we know a little bit about you know a lot about i know a little bit about this is a big week here at gq style <laughs> this week we are rolling out our holiday issue cover and cover story we're and a quarterly magazine this is the fourth issue of the year that's right and um it's a banger it's a really special one asap rocky's on the cover he is. I think we've had a good quad this year, man. We had yeah. Conor McGregor, yeah, Brad Pitt in the National Parks, wow, a uh, comic actor named Aziz Ansari, mm-hmm. and now Rakim Myers, aka ASAP Rocky. That is a hell of a lineup. Think it's a pretty good that. squad. Four modern men who uh, are complex and interesting, and um, do something with style that is worth noticing. Yeah, make make statements. I would put our print squad up against anybody's website any day. So, um, speaking of, I want to like put you, take you to task today, Will, as editor in chief of GQ Style, and like get deep into your headspace, um, you know, and and talk about what goes into making a magazine, and particularly, you know, the cover story and the cover feature, because that's kind of like. It's still, you know, like we live in an era of you know multi-platform. We are not. Um, we are we are not uh, limited by any one medium, you know. We do it all, but print remains um, a unique thing, I think, because it has a cover. Yeah, definitely. And it's f- it's physical. It exists physically, and yeah. people still care about that. And that cover, you know, by nature of its physical form, sits somewhere and is just the first thing people see. Yeah, it's how people identify it. And there's no getting around that. You can't like link someone physically into the magazine directly. They will always be linked to the cover first. Yeah, and there there have been websites that tried to do like we're do cover stories now, and we're gonna like give you this whiz bangy cover. Yeah, cover you know like uh, uh, really put you forward for a period of time, and it's like it's like the cover of our website. But the the truth is that um, only magazines have covers. Like websites do things, magazines can't do, and vice versa. Yeah. And so that to me has never worked, although it's interesting. So we do four covers a year, which um, is awesome and is also a little different than magazines that do 12 or 24 or whatever. Um, what like, what does that spot represent to you? Um, this is like the big general starter question. But like, you know, we we look at the year ahead. We're looking at 2018 and thinking about the covers and who should be on the covers like. Is it just like who are the hottest celebrity dudes on the planet going to be at that time, or like what are the what does it represent as a like an idea? Well, there's a little bit of that, but you also want your cover star to embody in some way the the sort of ethos of the magazine, yeah. And that's what we've been shooting for from from day one. So it's been Robert Downey Jr., Jared Leto, Kendrick Lamar, and then the four guys. Those were that was 2016, and mm-hmm. then 2017 was the four guys I just mentioned, and each of them. Um, I once made a joke before we, uh, before the first issue came out that, uh, GQ style cover stars were going to be like, um, um, rap scallions, assholes. And, uh, <laughs> I can't remember the, the, the exact line, but the idea is, is like, you know, a little bit of bad attitude is a okay with us. Yeah. Um, and you know, a little bit of a, a rebel spirit. And I think that's been represented on the, on the seven covers we've done so far. Yeah. And then there has to be, um, I mean, the term we use for ASAP Rocky is flyness. Yeah. You know, the world's flyest human. That's is, what it says. Is what the, the is what the cover says, yeah. and uh, I actually, after writing that cover line, did the thought exercise: like, is this defensible? Like, do I actually believe this <laughs> yeah. or not? Yeah. And went through it, and I I, I absolutely believe it. That you couldn't figure Rocky out. right now, and flyness is different from like the world's flyest human is different from the world's most stylish man. Yeah, of course. It's like it's a different attitude, and I think there's a reason that um, the word fly, which definitely comes straight from Mobilaji Dawadu. Yeah. I mean, it was one of the first. It's just a word he uses all the time, and it and he and he says it in a particular way, and it captures something really specific. And I think that's what the magazine has been after. I mean, really, GQ Style is a magazine about advanced personal style. Yeah, it is not a magazine about like, um, you know, cool ways to wear shirts, or it's it's really about like somebody who embodies a certain stylishness. Yeah, it's interesting. Like covers, also just thinking about like when this cover rolled out, the first time i saw it outside of our office was on instagram um and like 
you know, immediately like the comments pile up, the likes pile up. It's yeah. not this, it's different. If we just dropped like a photo we took of ASAP Rocky that was exclusive that no one had seen before, that would be one thing. But like sure. covers still have like real impact, right? Yeah, it's got juice. I mean, the, uh, you know, the most liked Instagrams we put up are our covers. Yeah. Um, and that's pretty amazing given that you can just like sort of take any image and put it up, but it still matters to people. And I think it matters to the people that, that follow what we're doing and matters to just the culture at large, but it also matters to the celebrities themselves. Like I think, um, that, you know, to get a GQ cover, uh, and now also a GQ style cover, um, carries a, a lot of weight to people and it's a certain like milestone or imprimatur in your career. Yeah. And, um, you know, I don't think I would be betraying him to say I know that Rocky felt that way. Yeah. So the cover says the world's flies human, and then there's a beautiful photo um, of Rocky, and we'll, we'll talk more about the photo and stuff in a second. But what were the beyond he, the fact that he's the flyest human on earth? What were the other things that you thought about when when we decided to put Rocky on the cover? Well, to me, he embodies. Uh, we said it, I think, in the in the cover post that went up that went up on Sunday night that just that he is, he is the, the center of the music and fashion, fashion Venn diagrams. Yeah. Like for me personally, and I think, um, it's not just a personal thing. It's also a cultural thing. Like a lot of style and fa- music is the source of a lot of style and fashion. Right. And, um, so it's definitely like something I'm interested in is who is sort who from the music world is embodying like what style means in late 2017 and Rocky somebody, it was almost like, I, I hope this doesn't make it sound inevitable or boring, but Rocky was going to get a GQ style cover. Yeah. It was just a matter of time. Yeah. And he actually came up to me at a, at a Dior dinner and was like, yo, I really fuck with what you're doing at GQ style. Like the energy is amazing. And, um, uh, I'd love to work together just whenever, when the time is right. He yeah. was like, I don't have a timetable. And I was like, I don't really either. Yeah. And he was like, all right, when the time is right, let's do this. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. That might be um, a thing that's a little unique to us. Um, I don't want to get boring with like like publishing strategy stuff, but for a lot of people, like timing is everything. Yeah, the peg. When you do these things, you need that news peg. You need the movie to premiere, the week, the cover drops, and so on. And, and there's a lot of good, you know, smart reasoning behind that, but maybe not as important to us or... Yeah, I feel like I mean, it's yeah. Uh, there's a couple things there. One is it is absolutely true that the momentum of like a big movie release or something um, is gonna like help the number of clicks that you get on a cover uh, story because somebody's just like you know their name is being searched and all that kind of stuff and it really does matter. But at the same time, I, it also feels like we're increasingly post peg as a culture. Like anybody, somebody doing something interesting, it doesn't have to be tied to a project. You know, um, it could be uh, like it could be as silly as an outfit they wore or a performance that they gave or a something political that they said somewhere. And all of a sudden they've got all this energy behind them. And what we're really looking for is to 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 document like the energy sources. The other thing I'd say is that we've been really ambitious with the projects that we embark on with people, which is that like in that first conversation with Rocky, I was like, cool, but I don't want to do like a four-hour photo shoot in a Los Angeles photo studio and like yeah. a sit-down interview and yeah. he was like yeah me either and that and you know the the ultimate example that we've um pulled off so far would be Brad Pitt going to three national parks with Ryan McGinley so right. we're trying to do we're trying to like use the cover as an excuse to embark on a on a creative project with these people yeah. uh, who kind of have the energy and, and who we respect and to do something that is going to be its own pig essentially right like let the thing itself epitomize or 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 be the reason for it existing yeah so instead of echoing what's in the news we're trying to like be the news or something like that yeah i mean brad pitt like he had um that was kind of like a storm of things he had a a movie that was straight to netflix that was the first time that had happened he was obviously going through uh, a divorce personal stuff in his personal life and then also i think the the cover itself was its own was its own thing, and that I, I think the reason he did it is because we proposed something that was exciting to him. Yeah, that right. one was like having his picture taken just to have his picture taken is not exciting to him. Yeah, he's but done the creative that project. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was that one was especially rad, I think, for us to watch because, yes, like this story got a ton of play because of like the juicier stuff about his, you know, 
um, his personal life, but I think like a lot of people just responded to the imagery alone. Yeah, which uh, doesn't always happen, and and that was pretty epic and something I think that like we we continued to do. Um, and of course, Ryan McGinley gets a lot of credit for that. Yeah, god damn, worth worth revisiting. Still live on GQStyle.com somewhere. Yeah, it's still on the internet. Hasn't <laughs> come down. Look at that anytime you want. Um, Rocky. Uh, can I say something really quick? Yeah, of course. I wrote about the editor's letter in the ASAP Rocky issue um, is about the semi-permanence of magazines and why I think that's really interesting. So there's like newspapers and the internet and like uh, 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 little things that pop up on your on your iPhone to tell you to read a CNN piece or whatever, uh, an alert. Yeah, alerts. And then there, are, the alerts. then there are the history books, right? So, the, so one is like the Daily Churn. The other is like meant to be permanent. What's interesting to me about magazines is they're semi-permanent, especially a quarter magazine, like a quarterly magazine like GQ Style. Yeah. On the one hand, they only come out four times a year. On the other hand, it's printed on really beautiful paper yeah. and is 15 bucks a copy and is kind of like, I mean, my dream for these things is that they, you carry them around and read them and then leave them on your coffee table until the next one comes. And then hopefully, I mean, I don't care if somebody throws it away. I actually say <laughs> this in the editor's like, if it goes to your recycling bin, like respect, that's, that's all, that, that's, that's part of the game. <laughs> the cycle of life. That's the cycle of life. But uh, you know, if it, if it earns a spot on your shelf, even better. But what I, it, I was sort of saying that like, if all we had is the daily churn and then the permanence of books, like who's going to document the vibes. Right. Yeah. And that's what it's really about is like, it's not about um, trying to freeze a Saparaki as the world's flyest human here now and forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's about this moment. And, and for us, that the moment lasts for three months. And that to me, that semi-permanent aspect yep. is what to me is exciting. I always say that I love working on a quarterly. Um, I had never done that, you know, done this before. Very few people do in like American magazine publishing. Yeah. And I think that perfectly sums up like what it is about it you know that there's more to it that it like it, it's about capturing or documenting more uh, more than just like what's going on in that particular week's cycle yeah. or whatever it doesn't come and go but it also doesn't come and stay yeah it comes and like hangs out for a minute yeah so you said rocky is like he's the guy i agree that he's the guy that's sitting at the intersection of music and fashion right now he's also just as far as celebrities go kind of like king of the hill in the fashion world yeah. a little bit or at least he's among the kings of the hill I mean, um, we talk about this idea of get your own look. Yeah. Like we're there. I'm currently, my phone is, has smoke coming out of it right now. Cause I just posted <laughs> on our Instagram, the photo of him with the Marnie pants cinched yeah. up at the waist yeah. with the Larry David That's Balenciaga's on. Yeah. People are not feeling it, <laughs> 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 but he doesn't care. He's feeling it. Mobilaji's feeling it. Yeah. I'm feeling it. Noah's feeling it. Sam, how do you feel? Sam's down. Sam's, Sam's feeling it. Definitely right. feeling it. So, so one of the funny things is the article reminded me that Rocky's pretty much been out like on the scene as a famous person for only about six years. Yeah. Does that see, that seems like, it seems like it's been longer than that. I don't know if I'm dating myself, but no, he's it's just had so much like impact in so many different ways. He has. He's like a household name. And he's like, you know, we were trying, I mean, Noah and I were trying to talk about, we were trying to figure out like, can you give ASAP Rocky credit for making high fashion, like as much a part of hip hop and pop culture as streetwear? Like, like, yes, you can definitely give him credit, but how much credit is he really the dude? that did that i mean like kanye there's always the like kanye jay-z watch a throne Givenchy, yeah. Did, yeah. you know ricardo tishi designed the cover he did the stage outfits he did the merch okay but like in a lot of ways rocky in those early videos where he was like mixing black scale and hood by air with rick owens you actually know this stuff better what was the deal he was like shopping at tokyo i, I believe that out. him and like maybe bari and other people were like going to the consignment shops in the east village where you could dig through the racks they're still there tokyo seven's the big one and like you could really like go in there and discover like pretty obscure european and japanese brands or at least at the time obscure like you know yoji yamamoto or undercover and and of course like rick owens and raf simmons you know like they had that stuff on the racks there and it was semi-affordable at least more so than it would be at, like at a boutique when it was new and it was like past season. So it was like archival stuff. So you could really get to know a designer. And I, from what I understand, those guys were, were getting schooled in that shit by 
that experience of going down there and digging around. I mean, it brings me back to something you brought up on the pod from one of our magazine pieces, which is Diplo saying, like, nobody was wearing fashion at the Hollertronics parties. <laughs> and, like, when, when Rocky was a little, like, snot-nosed kid with a cool crew making awesome videos, uh, uh, in, like, his first, you know, peso-era yeah. Rocky, um, I don't think he went to parties and everybody was, like, dipped in Gucci nah. at that point. Maybe there was a little bit of it, but they really, they really moved that forward. Yeah, I mean, it went from like dip set to ASAP, you know? It yeah. Was like, it was like yeah, Tim's dip set. and Pele Pele jackets and shit. And totally. Then it was... Like Joel Santana and the American flag joint yeah. and Cameron wearing, you know, it wasn't like those were those were high fashion brands. Yeah. And I mean, it's like shout out to Dipset, Cameron, friend of the pod and everything, and love all those fans. Cameron's like, like fam- <laughs> he's like family of the pod. <laughs> but when I, But it was a different level. And I think, you know, Look, I don't want to make any huge outrageous claims. We already here. said the world's flyest <laughs> human. <laughs> you can go for it. Um, no, but I think that you're Still right. It is that. interesting to think about like Givenchy and Margiela and those and that like Jay Z and Kanye were sort of like touting those brands, Tom Ford. But it just felt when it was Rick Owens and Raph Simmons coming from Rocky's mouth, it felt really different. And he was, was a like, kid. He was a like, kid from the streets, teenager. and these were cult brands that like only real heads knew. And um, now they're they are household names, you know, Rick and Raph are, uh, as is Rocky, and I don't think it's just a coincidence that that's sort of all gone down in the last six years. I don't either. That shit, he was ahead of his time. So what was it like? You guys uh, went to London to shoot with him, you and Mobilaji, yeah. and um, Rocky obviously has, has a, a taste level and uh, some specific, uh, you know, demands, I'm sure, for, for what goes on his body. How did you guys collaborate? How did you guys plan out the fashions and work together with him on that? Yeah, so Mobilaji and Rocky, Mobilaji, the Juki style fashion director who yeah. styles every page of our magazine, um, he knows Rocky. They've worked together. They worked on a film, an, right. an Anthony Mandler movie that's coming out. And so they had a they had a rapport. Rocky and I separately have a rapport. Um, and so there was kind of like a... Um, there was just a lot of familiarity there. So it started with a fitting here at the GQ style office in New York city. Um, that was actually several weeks before we did the shoot. Right. Um, so Rocky came up, Mobilaji had a bunch of stuff for him and I basically just sat there and watched them cook. Yeah. It was awesome. I mean, the, one of the, he, I just, I t- he tweeted yesterday, like pure confidence and charisma, yeah. which is like basically my, uh, forward takeaway of what it's like being around asap rocky it's yeah. just like it's uh, or as, as i say in the piece it's like charisma in its purest form yeah like i i've, been, I've done a lot of fashion shoots i've been a lot of around celebrities i guess you know it sounds dorky <laughs> to say that but it's true yeah and he just has like the 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 watt the wattage the, ele- the electricity just flows through him yeah and so he came in, and then he's just really into clothes. And then he, he and Mobilaji already have a vibe. Yeah. So they were just, like, trying stuff on, um, trying different ideas, like, giving each other a lot of shit. Like, Mobilaji would – Rocky would put something on, and Mobilaji would love it, and Rocky would hate it, and that would get funny. And then <laughs> finally – and the other incredible thing about ASAP Rocky is that when – sometimes like, sometimes he puts on something so simple, you're like, why are we even – like we're making a magazine here. There's no point in putting on something that's so simple. And yeah. then he puts it on and totally brings it to life. Yeah. Or they're like holding clothes in their hands that are like, the, like really ridiculous to my, like not as trained. I, you know, I'm not like a true, I'm not a stylist. Let's put it that way. I'm yeah, not yeah. a true capital F fashion person maybe. And um, I'm like, I have no idea where the guys <laughs> are headed with this. And then I don't know when Rocky wears the clothes it all really starts to make sense yeah and i think you see that in the shoot sometimes with him it's like less is more and sometimes it's like more is way more yeah and that's kind of a cool um that's a cool subject to work with yeah and, and an awesome challenge for mobilaji the, the other thing is that sometimes we work with people who are like they they come to trust mobilaji and they're like yeah dude whatever you say i'm down and rocky is like very opinionated yeah so we did a <laughs> We did a fitting, and um, the the respectful way to put this would be on the shoot day, some things changed a bit. <laughs> so they kind of, like, dug back into it. They didn't start over by any stretch, but they, like, things changed based on the feeling. And then we were on the location, and there was, you know, there's a different vibe in the, yeah. in the GQ-style fashion closet than there is, like, at an old 
Abbott's home or everyone, wherever we were in London. Everyone had a few weeks to marinate on the fits that were cooked up and then just like. Yeah, so the fits changed. Some things. As they should. Yeah. You know, we're open to it. And then it, just to like zoom out a little bit, like what is, what are the objectives here when you go into a story like this? Like to me, it seems like you've got a familiar person, right? Because these are famous people. They are familiar. People have yeah. ideas about Aziz and, and Rocky and, and Brad and all these people. We all have ideas. We have, you know, you say a name and you immediately can picture them in your head. And we, yep. we think we know them and what they look like and what they're all about. So it seems to me one, one, one like objective here is to show them in some sort of new light. Definitely. You know, um, and there's like different ways to do that. But like, how would you describe what the objective is going into a shoot like this with somebody like Rocky? Yeah. So Mobile Aji and I and, you know, Noah, you're obviously included this. So are Sam and Lily, like the whole team. We talk about like what would be something interesting to do with the subject. And so we kind of like go in um, with a plan and an intention. And that has like a that has a conceptual component that involves the input of the photographer that involves the location that we've chosen, um, all that stuff. But then we also just go in ready to collaborate. Yeah. So, you know, one thing that like, like all the, the, the kind of people that we put on the cover of GQ style are bound to have ideas. Like there are some people who the clothes that they, they're like, they trust mobile logic, but they, they come into the whole experience with like yep. really, um, both creative ideas and just like I'm open to this kind of thing. I'm really not open to that kind of thing. And so we have like what we have a a fully fleshed out plan and then we go and we're we're just like excited to talk through it and work with these people. If we didn't respect them as people, as artists, as personalities, like we wouldn't be putting them on on the cover of our magazine. So I think, um, uh, you know, we really go in ready to collaborate and to be open to their ideas. And if somebody's like, like you know because it happens sometimes somebody will be like i'll do this picture if you want or i'll wear this these clothes if you want but i really don't like it we we don't we're not like yeah okay put it on we're gonna take this <laughs> you photo. have to do this yeah it's more like no if you don't feel like yourself then it's not going to be a compelling image and we're, we're not dealing with like like the sort of vapid industry pawns here these aren't like nah like the like you to your point the dudes we're working with and i think the cover speak them for themselves like it would we would rather work with dudes that have strong opinions and yeah. strong ideas and vision for how they want to present themselves to some extent yeah and and we 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 like go in openly talking about giving them the opportunity to express themselves and and being willing and sometimes it it creates difficulty yeah um, but but that's worth <laughs> that's super worthwhile that's all part of the process if you ever came back from a cover shoot and you're like yeah everything went really well and there were no conflicts or arguments or difficulties whatsoever i would be pretty worried about yeah uh, what the photos would you look got like. a guaranteed brick this cover was shot by andrew Dasamu. Yeah. uh who's he and what what was it like working with him andrew is uh uh kind of a og an old collaborator of mine and mobilages and really he's one of mobilages closest collaborators cool so they've done a lot of stuff together from 2003 to 2007. I worked at the Fader magazine. Uh, Mobilaji was there at the same time, and Andrew shot a lot. Like almost, you know, he probably had something in most, if not every, issues. So we all know each other well, but especially those two, Mobilaji, our fashion director, and Andrew, the photographer, work together all the time. So they really know each other well, um, and that was, in a way, it was like. Um, I even said this out loud a few times. I was like, it's cool to have the band back together, but we got to push this someplace different. Mm, yeah. we're, we're not trying to like remake magic from 2005. Like, <laughs> nobody wants to see that. It wasn't that magical anyway. Um, so uh, that was cool. It was like, it was like uh, uh, a familiar squad all trying to push to someplace different. Yeah. What? The other thing I'll say is Rocky, and this is in the, this is in the piece. Rocky was in, in, lockdown in london right he basically um had his phone shut off the only person with him was asap nast f-o-t-p friend of the pod <laughs> shout out to nasty no nast no um and uh so he was like uh you know he was very committed to the shoot and excited about it but he was also trying to get back into the studio to finish his album yeah so there were that, that those kind of like guardrails and boxes you have to work in are always interesting Rocky, um, yeah. He so was really, though, in like a music headspace, yeah. not in a fashion headspace. That's cool. I, I mean, so many of the comments I've seen already are like, where's the album? Which I guess is inevitable. <laughs> yeah. But like people want it. And nice he, shoot. Where's the album? <laughs> but you uh, you know, you were there. He's doing it. What Were you able to- yeah, that's happening. Were you able to um, 
gather what other kind of intel were you able to gather about the album making while you were there I mean, there's some of it in the story but were there other just little pieces you picked up on or uh not um nothing that's not in the piece other than to say i heard some little bits and pieces uh, of yeah. it on set and it's a vibe let's go um so um going back to the photographer though like yeah this is a lot of magazines like uh, historically will uh, align themselves with a photographer to create like an aesthetic that becomes like sort of the legacy for them both, you know, yeah. like they have these portfolios of like covers they've done together over many, many years. What, wh where are you at with working with photographers and collaborating with them and like building those relationships? Is it about, you know, like, what do you, what are you looking for and how, and, and like, how do you make those decisions about who to work with and how to work with them? It's, it's like everything else about magazine making or a lot of creative enterprises. It's, it's like, driven number one by a gut a gut feeling yeah. kind of thing um our vibe for gq style i think my vibe in general is wanting to do always have a mix of trying new things and trying and working with people i've worked with but we've worked with before yeah. and trying to get something new so um you know now that we have a few issues of gq style under our belt uh each issue has like without even trying um some repeat photographers and some new people and that's what uh that i think it'll always be that way because yeah. that's that's like what's fun that that's what like um keeps you like creatively free but also like on the rails yeah and when you work with somebody it's like oh wow this like um some this thing really worked and we could like take that and make a whole shoot of that or while working with that person, uh, this an idea came up, and it's not what we ended up applying to the shoot we were doing at the time. But we should like revisit that idea and create a build a whole shoot around it. Um, and so, uh, yeah, the current issue has um, our, our first shoot with Jason Nocito, who is a uh, good friend of mine and also like one of my favorite photographers. Yeah. But it's not somebody. It's almost kind of weird that issue seven is our, the first shoot with him and uh the second shoot with michael schmelling who's also somebody i've known forever mark mahaney uh at some point it's going to get boring if i just keep rattling <laughs> off photographer names Wait. but please cop the new issue of gq style and then we can uh at me on twitter i'd be happy to tell you about any of these photographers yeah this is yeah so one of the most exciting parts of making a magazine one of the coolest parts of making the magazine is uh when we gather in your office and look at the options for the cover photo. Oh uh, yeah. And there's always, there's always a, a few, there's always a few hotly debated. They're always different. Uh, it'll be a different, the fashions will be different and a, and a pretty often significantly different, uh, like poses, positions, angles, yeah. all that. And, um, you know, we go in with a few and, and one comes out and gets sent to the printer. Definitely. What? And the thing, another, like a, a part of that that I think maybe not not a lot of people realize is how hard it can be to get that photo. Never yeah, mind sometimes. get three of them, but totally. like you think it's just like a portrait with nice light, but there's yeah. there are like other things. Like what are some of the things you want these images to do and other than gut feeling? <laughs> or maybe it's just <laughs> you saw pure, my cop out coming. It's pure gut feeling, but like what what is the like is there a quality or a way to describe the one that comes out the winner or or like what um what your expectation is what you feel it needs to do what what it needs to achieve once it's out there in the world yeah i would say um like gq style is is a new energy and a different idea and stuff but at the same time we have the letters gq on the cover yeah and i want i the you the person needs to be looking their best yeah like the, it's a fashion magazine People, people come to us and trust us with their image, and uh, we are trying to celebrate somebody, and so you want them to just look handsome as hell. So you're not going to see some art concept or, like, obscured face or something? Uh, yeah, not going to do, like, oh, wouldn't it be dope <laughs> if, like, one of his eyes is half shut and, like, um, yeah, he's, like, obscure? No, it's, like, that's ASAP Rocky. He's a good-looking dude. Um and we're gonna get a we're gonna get a photo of him looking handsome. Yeah, like people come to us, they trust they trust you with that, and and so that is a huge part of it. And then along those lines uh, is recognizability. Like sometimes you have a cool shot, but you're like that doesn't quite look Kendrick doesn't like look yeah, quite like Kendrick there. I think that a lot on newsstands too when I'm like 
gazing and I'm like, who is that? Who is that? Yeah. And there are certain celebrities, like various famous Amy's. I can never, <laughs> Amy Adams, Amy. I can never tell which. Yeah. I'm like, I think I know which Amy that is. Yeah. And um, so that's another thing. Just you, sometimes you can fall in love with a photo and just be like, that doesn't, um, you know, or like Conor McGregor, for instance, you know, Conor McGregor, he's like, He's a well-known dude, but at the same time, he's just like kind of breaking into consciousness for some people, yeah, yeah. and you want him looking like Conor McGregor. Right. So that's kind of a funny one, but it, we do encounter it quite a bit. Um, and then you just want—I uh, mean, for starters, I'm, I'm naming kind of like the basic stuff. Um, you know, you want the clothes to look great. Yeah. Um, and then you just the, then it gets quickly from that kind of basic stuff. Like you want them looking handsome and recognizable and stylish to then I'm like, this is a, this is a new print magazine in the era of the internet killing all print magazines. Yeah. So let's do something a little bit different. Yeah. You know, you don't want it to be the most predictable thing ever. And sometimes in those meetings, I've noticed, um, that the squad, uh, is often pushing me to not do, like the the most obvious cover shot. Yeah. And uh but sometimes I still do it anyway. I the thing for me that I've noticed that the one the one of the options I always select and I think I push I will often push you towards is I respond most to the, like a the attitude which is a hard thing to to describe but I would say it comes down to often like posture and um like body positioning yeah. which is kind of a funny one but just yeah. like the tilt of a head or like I, I wish there was a less washed word than this for it but like swag yeah question mark basically yeah. you know what i mean <laughs> it's got to have like a little of that to it and then the other thing um i'll say is that krista prestek who's the gq style she's the director of visuals mm -hmm. and fred woodward who's the design director are both they've been doing this and they know what they're doing and their input is invaluable um and it really starts with like first we just have the raw images and we're kind of like what could be the cover players here and fred is fred is always interestingly like putting some in the mix that i never would have thought of as yeah. potential covers and then we'll kind of spend time with those live with them for a little bit uh, sometimes i'll tape them to the wall in my office and then we'll put logos on them and then live with them that way because you kind of don't know just from a raw picture until you like actually put the gq style logo on it yeah like how it works and so you kind of slowly build it that way and some are like falling out and yeah. some are kind of like it's like a little horse race. <laughs> and then at some point I tape them all to the back of my door and bring <laughs> I was just going to say Sam and my favorite and thing. My favorite thing to do is get called into Will's office, step in and then the door just clicks closes behind me and then to turn and see the covers pasted taped to the door. Boom, there they are. There's never any like warning. It's fun, man. It's got to be fun. And and then the other thing that I'm trying to get from from you is like a gut reaction because the cover it's just like some dude in the in Hudson News in the airport. Yeah. Like came in to get a smart water yeah. and 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 like a pack of pack of jelly beans and hopefully you're gonna catch his eye. Yeah. You can't go in there and hem and haw. Yeah. And uh, and then come back two hours later and be like, you know, I changed my mind. It's kind of like you get that one shot yeah. to, to share your gut reaction and that's the one that's yours. And and it's sort of like, no, tell me what you think right now. And yeah. then some and then they'll inevitably be like, well, the thing about this one and the thing about that one. I'm like, <laughs> no, I don't care. Tell me right now. And then we can. Once once everybody has like made a declaration, then we can begin to unpack it a little bit. Yeah. But you need the you need the first instinct call. And of course, you mentioned Hudson News, but if my favorite part of making the magazine is that is I don't know if it's my favorite part. One of the best parts is that is that deliberating, looking at the covers and debating that, arguing. Um, I love disagreeing with people about those covers. And then the but the real test is like two weeks later when you're walking through the airport. Yeah. And and you get that you see it out in its natural habitat out in the wild up against all the others. And um, that to me is like where I get it's like, what's my gut reaction then? Yeah. That moment is kind of feels like the real test to me. Definitely. What do you like? What's your experience with it after the magazine is shipped and gone? Like, well, one thing that is that I try to remember because we printed three Brad Pitt covers. Yeah. We did. We went to That's we right. took Brad Pitt to three national parks and we printed three. And uh, the one that was my favorite when we sent them off to the printer was not the one that was my favorite once it was out and in the world. And so I just try to remember that because sometimes like one becomes your favorite in the moment. Um, and so I just I don't know. I tried to learn something from that in the for the for the issues where we're just choosing one cover. Yeah. 
Um, but the experience is like some, uh, you know, there haven't been, this is going to sound like bullshit, but there hasn't been a GQ style cover where I got sick of it yeah, or regret or just like didn't want to see it anymore, <laughs> you know, because it does happen sometimes because like, you know, those of us who work here and those those covers are, are in the mix for us. They're on the newsstand for three months. Oh, yeah. And so you see it a lot of times. Oh, yeah. And so you want something that you really love. We spend a lot of time with them. Yeah. Um, I really, really like the the, Rock, the Rocky cover. It's fantastic. Yeah. Do you have a, you know, obviously there's w- real quantifiable ways to measure success. There's sales numbers and traffic numbers and whatnot that will come in. Do you have another success measure? Is it like, you know, like your cousin calls you from Alabama and says he saw it and just blew his mind? Or is there like um, uh, yeah, I, something that happens where you where it clicks and you know it worked? You know, I would probably be better like better corporate citizen or something like that if i was (laughs) if i if it was all about the numbers for me or maybe i would be better at this job i don't know but for me it becomes all anecdotal yeah it's like you put something out in the world and your friends start texting you and stuff like that yeah and that becomes what matters most to me yeah and just how it feels like a year later when you like when i look back at our 2016 covers how they feel should we do some vibes now yeah let's do it i want to ask you a question noah this has been uh, really fun interviewing you about making the magazine that <laughs> I work for. Yeah, I encourage everyone to take an hour of your day and interview your boss, grill your <laughs> boss about what he does. Try it. Uh, w- w- right now, gun to head, what is your favorite GQ style cover so far? Uh, Brad Pitt was the first thing that was going to come out of my mouth. Which one? Which cover? Yeah. There's um, pink sweater from White Sands. There's the white jacket from from the Swamp and Everglades. The white jacket and Everglades. Yeah, that's my favorite of those three. Now, I also love Kendrick in the fur coat. I think that one's like iconic. That one's really, um, you, you know, one thing that's interesting about making something like a magazine is, well, you make these images and they completely take on lives of their own yeah. online, and <laughs> the internet coughs that one up. Yeah, a lot. There's like a lot of Kendrick fan art of that yeah. photo, right? Yeah, and it'll just like appear and you know. Uh, completely out of context yeah. and that's kind of fun to see sam what's your favorite gq style cover so far just the image uh, brad pitt, wow brad pitt white sands in the pink sweater all right that one got a lot of uh there's sand on his face and that yeah. one got a lot of like uh scarface it looks like he's been cocaine partying. jokes yeah. yeah hey um let's do some vibes man 13. this is corporate lunch episode nine Niner. 13 vibes. I'll go first because... Um, I got to say it, man. It's like it, 13 vibes is our uh, not that fast lightning round of things that we're feeling right That's now. That's right. Yeah, yeah, this is the lightning round that is like a slow-moving lightning. Kick it off, um, Brother Johnson. There's a collection from Levi's called Levi's Vintage Clothing, also known as LVC. LVC. We all like Levi's. Everyone likes Levi's, but... I, maybe a lot of people know about LVC, but LVC is basically like this super specialized little line where they kind of do like historical replicas of, you know, dungarees from 1890 and um, flannel shirts from the 1960s. And it's kind of all like a mix of, of American tropes and whatnot. But the stuff is super well made. It ain't cheap, um, but it's really dope. And I like it every season. And this season, I, I'm just like really feeling it. I just got a flannel and um, this like denim triple pleat blousey jacket that i think is like an 1890s replica that i've been wearing that's amazing it has a really weird boxy fit it's like cool historical shit that feels super modern that you can wear now with like whatever your favorite fashion from mr porter is and it all kind of like jives together (laughs) yeah they bring it back with intention yeah like it's not an accident that they brought back the jacket you're wearing now lvc i got lvc on right now too. do you do yeah See? Pretty most days I probably have some LVC on. All right. I've got it on my list. I was I I knew that people were gonna know this one, but I feel like sometimes because it's been around for a while and we do all know it, you just kind of like take it. Dude, I'm not granted. dissing your vibe, man. That vibe is very strong. Let's go. Thank I you. I completely agree. Appreciate that. Um, going along with the theme of this episode, I'm gonna uh, my first vibe is the Q and A, as in the question and answer format <laughs> of of doing interviews. Yeah. Um, GQ style leans heavily on the Q and a format and that's not an accident. Uh, I just love reading interviews and, um, but I also like them outside of magazine form. I just finished conversations with Mies van der Rohe, which is like a, it's a book that is a compendium of Mies interviews over the years. Uh, I also have like a bit of a collection of the Paris review writers at work series. Those are great. Um, and so I'm just like, if, 
I often I don't know about you know, but I get hit up a lot by friends who are like, "What should I need a new book? What should I read?" Yeah. Um, I mean, those two things are great, but also just like compendiums of interviews, collections of interviews are awesome. And I mean, like we could just point out that the Rocky interview, uh, from the, from this cover story is pretty fantastic, and also includes like some some banter and chatter and ball busting from from Ferg and Nast and like the other the homies that the mob that are in the room with them and it's super entertaining. And the the video the the yeah, video as part of the video. cover story is from the interview itself so check it out. You ready for the next vibe? Let's go. Gourds. <laughs> it's decorative gourd season, <laughs> decorative gourd season. Yo, but um I really appreciate the different um shapes and colors and patterns that you get in from those decorative gourds. I just can't. The warty resist. are you into the warty joints? Definitely. Super warty and yeah. weird, like psychedelic tie-dye, streaky color stuff. I but there's a bunch of them on my mantle right now and hilarious like, phalluses. I have no shame in that. Hilarious you, phallic gourds. Yeah, yeah they're all types of bizarre phallic <laughs> shapes. Sticking with the sticking with the Q and A theme, uh, I listen to the. All right, I really like the long form podcast. Moving on from gourds, yeah, I'm doubling back <laughs> to my own wave. Um, the long form podcast is a, is a really good podcast. It's like media navel gazing at the highest level. It's really good. Max Linsky uh, does most of the does most of the interviews, and Max got uh, Hillary Clinton on the long form pod. Uh, and I thought it was really fascinating. It was, it obviously was pegged to her book. Right. I'm a little behind the news cycle here and I really don't care. Well, I just saw that Kim Kardashian posted her signed copy of Hillary's book on Instagram today. So, oh, so I'm in the news right. cycle. Yeah, you're right on this. All right, sweet. Yeah. Um, but I just found like, I read a bunch of the press around the release of Hillary's book and that was fine. But this, this interview, they have a bit of a rapport. They already had a bit of a rapport and this interview was just really fascinating and you just can't help but um, feel what it, what it's like to be a political candidate who took a major L, yeah, and a total surprise L. And I just think it doesn't matter if what it doesn't matter what your politics are. Um, that is a really unique historical moment. Yeah, yeah. And this woman was just she's the one who experienced it in a way that nobody else um, can identify with. So to get in her head a little bit through this podcast, it was really really interesting i'm gonna i don't see myself reading that book anytime soon just because it's not you don't have to there's the long form yeah, podcast. exactly that's what i'm gonna do um since i'm shouting out brands today the next vibe is the skate brand 917 which maybe people know is that i don't know Go it's alex it. olsen's skate yeah, brand okay. so he launched a brand called bianca Shandon a few years ago that's i was a, about to say a is little it weirder bianca related it is yeah it's like a it's an offshoot that's more core skate whereas bianca's a little bit fashiony ah and 917 put out like its full first full-length video a week or two ago and it's super good it's long but like all the tricks are bangers and they just have a good every you know year couple times a year a new sort of skate crew emerges that's like the one to watch like all the kids are good and everyone's got good style and the clips are good the music's good you know, it was like Palace and Bronze and Dime and Polar have all been there. And I just feel like now's the moment of 917. It's fantastic. Their best skater, or my favorite, is this kid, Cyrus Bennett, who skates for Nike. And he just put out um, a part on Nike this week. That's a banger. Plus, their gear is fresh. Like, all their tees and, and hats and stuff are, like, just, like, graphic graphic tees and whatnot. But it's, it's like, it's all dope. I have a uh, consumption question. Yeah. How, at this point, do you consume a new skate vid? Um... Today I saw Cyrus's part because I think Nike posted a clip on Instagram and said like Cyrus full part out now and I clicked through and watched it on YouTube. Uh, so this is his full part from the nine one seven from a bigger video. And no, you it's actually just a new. Part. It's an additional part. He actually had a part in the nine one seven video and then two weeks Bonus. later dropped a Nike part, which is like when you know a skater is on fire. Right. And so for the nine one seven video, like. You didn't. You don't take a DVD and put it on your television. Nope. They just posted it on their website. And and you said how long is it? It was like forty minutes. And did you post up and watch it through, or did you consume it in chunks? I I posted up. I did. I air played it. I streamed it from my phone to my TV to my Apple TV. So yep. I watched it on the big screen in the crib. So you 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 took in the whole forty minutes yep. in one sitting. I did, which is a lot. People don't really do that anymore. I'm like, into it. Yeah. Um, I'm going with uh, bandanas as headbands. Okay. On the weekend, uh, <laughs> I don't know work. what's going. I don't know what's going on um, follically for the, for our listeners, but yeah. the GQ Style Squad is all got some flow happening here. <laughs> Sam Hine has long hair. <laughs> Noah Johnson 
Looks like he lost his barber's phone number. <laughs> um, this is Mobilaji's been growing the beard long. Yeah, Lily's got, got bangs. Lily's bangs are banging. But for me, <laughs> for me, uh, on the weekend, you just you get a you get a dope bandana and you wear it as a headband. Yeah. Uh, your wife may or may not get embarrassed when you go into town for coffee. I can see that happening. Um, but I have a couple capital bandanas. Love it. One of them was brought back to me by Noah Johnson from Japan. That's right. I capital that. with a K. That was nice of me. Um, I was shredding that one this weekend, and I, nice. I thought it. I thought it was great. I was gonna do capital as a vibe this week. Well, it just happened. I'm not gonna, but now it's in the mix. So look at that. Check it out. Capital with a K, from Japan. Um, I'm gonna shout out a music thing I've been listening to as vibe number next vibe. It's the this is weird because it's an album from 2008. Isn't that funny? Like I feel like I listen to the newest music, like the new King Cruel I'm listening to today, or yeah. I listen to music from the 60s or something. Yeah, I never listen to music from nine years ago. Right, recent vintage I call this that. Is totally lost. But it's an album called Everything That Happens Will Happen Today, and it's by David Byrne and uh, Brian Eno. Awesome. And it's like, they called it electronic gospel, which isn't quite what it sounds like to me, but it gives you a sense of just like, it's a pop album. It's super good. It sounds a little bit like a Talking Heads album, I think. Have you put it on in the house or you've been walking around with it in the headphones? I put it on in the house real loud. There's a song called, a song called Strange Overtones, which is like my favorite. It's just like a great pop song. And I think it's just about writing songs. It's it's not it's not going to um, hit you that hard in your emotional zones, but it's a just a great catchy tune. I'm going to check it out. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to drop and brand and brand cactus plant flea market. Good one. Yeah. Do you have any cactus plant? No, I don't, but I wish I could have some. I don't know. How, too hard to get. I think it's not easy to get. I, we need I, Mark Anthony green to flow it. Yeah. Good luck with that. Towards my zone. I've tried. I've tried that. It doesn't go so well. Uh, cactus plant is you basically, you see Pharrell wearing it. Cynthia, yeah. Cynthia Lou, who's the designer, um, uh, is, Pharrell associated so he gets first right. dibs Mark Anthony Green apparently gets second dibs I bought mine on the internet but it did come to my house with my name sewn into the collar what yeah stitched in um you bought it on the internet yeah oh, man but uh so anyway Cactus Point Flea Market they have it at the, you can buy it from the Cactus Plant website if you act fast when there's a drop which I did oh uh, so they're like sudden unannounced drops yeah just, it just happens you got to grab it like um, we got teas now yeah Go. that's not usually you know i'm not usually quick on the trigger yeah. like that but i made Nailed i made it, it happen Your timing was right and um it's just it's she just has a r really unique point of view which is what we're all looking for in any brand no matter what the genre i want she happens one. to make teas and cool bracelets and I'm stuff i'm getting in on that next drop all right um, I better right. hurry up and wear my shit then. The, the next vibe was planned out before I got called out for losing my barber's hair uh, phone number, which I, <laughs> which I did do. I haven't had a haircut in a very long time. Since by that I mean like since the David Byrne and Brian Eno <laughs> came out, recent vintage hair. Um, yeah, sometime like mid to early summer. Um, it it doesn't look great, and I don't see that changing anytime soon. But I'm also not going to get it cut anytime soon. My vibe is not my hair. My vibe is before not getting my hair cut. I was getting my hair cut like twice a month, yeah. like regularly, constantly, obsessively. I would like, I would like feel around behind my ears to see if there were any like long stragglers and go get the fade freshened up. Yeah. My vibe is to take your most sacred ritual and just do without it for a while. Wow. See so, what happens. Yeah. We, I think we said Ex kill, kill your thought idols. Thoughtful experiments in living. Just like there's one thing that you probably do every day that you feel like is so essential to who you are. For me, it was a fresh haircut, <laughs> <laughs> I, which I have abandoned, and I'm feeling pretty great. Like it's I said, like let that go and see what else goes with it. Exactly. Amazing. There we go. Dude, life thoughts, man. Try it's it. like wherever you dependably go for corporate lunch. I mean, this is episode nine there. of Corporate Lunch, and we're just two guys. And Well, there's three of us, two on the mic, and Sam Hine is in the building. And we're just doing the best we can. That's all we can do. Yeah. Opening up our mind space. Yeah. Noah, Noah advises <laughs> taking your dearest ritual and not doing it. Yeah. Um, my thing recently has just been like, sometimes I get that procrastination -y feeling. It's just like that little, that little micro brainwave of dread where you're just like, I do not feel like doing that today yeah. and just handle it right then. That's the best. Whatever the thing, just handle it yeah. right then. Um, I don't know. Could could be life changing. It has been for me. That's like the like you get that email and then it hits your inbox and you look at it and you're like, oh, oh no. That's when you know when you make that sound. Yeah. I think it's when you know to handle it immediately. Handle it immediately. 
because otherwise it's just gonna it's like the dark cloud for two days i mean it could be like it could be related to the dishes at home yeah something minor it it could be related to a phone call at work it could be related to like having to have a not that pleasant discussion with a colleague i don't know what it could be probably a piece of paper you have to sign and scan and send back to someone exactly it's coming an email (laughs) and they've said can i have your signature and you're like what yeah um anyway but the feeling of accomplishment when you do when you do that thing right then in that moment that took you three minutes that you didn't want to do is just it's hard to surpass yeah and the freedom it's as though you have conquered the world the key to me has been the words handle it yeah and when I get that feeling, the words come into my head and off I go. There we go. Growing up, man, it's awesome. Getting I'm gonna, older. I'm going to I'm gonna polish off these 13 vibes with the 13th vibe. And it, this wouldn't be an episode of Corporate Lunch if I didn't get to talk about comfort footwear at least, at least a little That's bit. That's true. Um, Hopefully far flung. It's been pointed out to me that maybe a vibe was repeated once in the past related to comfort footwear. I have no comment on that. I Sam, hit no with the slime. <laughs> we still haven't slimed him for that. Look, um, I just got turned on to these things called UFOs. <laughs> this is so crazy. <laughs> they're these. As long as you don't say Mephistos, I'm good. Nope, they're these. They're called UFOs. I think I have no idea how to pronounce it. I've never heard anyone say it, but they are what you call recovery shoes. Ooh. So they're like foamy clogs. I thought they were going to be like my new fashion statement for the like for walking around Greenpoint, plant shopping in Greenpoint, but uh, they're not. <laughs> they're really soft and really weird. I think they're what like long distance runners will wear after like doing a hundred mile ultra marathon. They yeah. beat the shit out of their feet and they need these like they're weirdly supportive and also weirdly soft. Uh, they kind of swaddle the foot. Super strange, but I've been wearing around the house nonstop. They're like forty five bucks on um, Zappos. Dot com. I'm so in love with these shoes. Let me get the name one more time. Ufos. O O F O S. Ufos. This is not like. It sounds like a Google offshoot. <laughs> I actually work for the top. I don't work for Google proper. I work for the top secret Google subdivision known as Ufos. Ufos. That develops comfort footwear. Yeah. Uh, these are not going to replace my Crocs as my like go to going out kicks, but um. They're in the mix. It, it's a very interesting addition to the comfort shoe mix. All right, guys, you heard it here. Those are 13 of 13 vibes. I'm Will Welch. That's Noah Johnson. Defend base God at all costs. Defend the base God at all costs.